We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read verses 13 through 16. Verse 13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth, and if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden underfoot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither doth uh, men light a candle and put it under a bush, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. I just wanted to talk a little bit tonight about salt and light. Salt and light. You know, Jesus calls us to be on the front line, to be on the, f- the forefront uh, he, Jesus never gave us the impression that we were to live in isolation. Isn't it strange how these cults, even in the name of Jesus, isolate themselves? Isolate themselves. Man, this is going to be touchy. I, I, I came from a group that isolated themselves. Isolated themselves from the world. And, and they were very proud of it. They were very proud of it. Jesus never gave us the impression that we were to be isolated from the world. We're not to be of the world, but we're to be in the world. That, that, that's what we're called to do. He never said we were to be separated out, out of the world, just not be of it. You know, actually, if you look at the kingdom principles and the kingdom that Jesus spoke about, it's impossible to live true kingdom life in private or in isolation. You can't do it. If you're living in isolation as a Christian, you're not living in the kingdom. You're somewhere else thinking you're in the kingdom. We, we're, we are all called to be an outward expression of the principles of God. Everything that we do, every, all, all that we say and how we act and, and, and the principles of life that we live by, they're all supposed to be an outward appearance of the principles that God's put into our life. In other words, we're called to influence and we're called to impact our world. You and I are supposed to be an influence on this world. Let me say here, first, not the opposite. The world shouldn't be influencing us, but we should be influencing it. But it's, it's greater than the battle of who's influencing who. We're so, think of somebody. Who, who's an influence that you can think of in the world? The great influence, somebody. Say again. Billy Graham. Had a huge... Tremendous influence in the world. Somebody. Entertainers. They, they influence the world tremendously. A lot of people nowadays think that entertainers uh, know all about politics and all about health and all. They're, they have a tremendous influence. Yeah. Sports figures. Sports figures have a tremendous influence. Why do all these people have the influence they have? People lend an ear. Otherwise, there's no influence. And, and what we're supposed to do as Christians is we're supposed to be an influence to where people lend an ear. Now, if you're running around the streets yelling to everybody, you're all going to hell, you're busting hell wide open, how much of an influence are you going to have? Not very much. Jesus didn't do that. He constantly expressed the principle. What's the greatest principle of God? Love. It's who He is. 
And so that was the expression that Jesus gave. Even when he called those men snakes and vipers, the intent was to wake them up. It wasn't to expose them. They were exposed. But the intent of God was to go further than that and to try to wake them up to that they were snakes, vipers. Because, listen, one of the things that God had to wake me up as to who I was, I had to hear things that I didn't necessarily like. There were people in my life that have influenced me in the kingdom. And it's all positive. Some of the things seemed negative to me at the time. Like, I can't believe you're saying that about me. Even though they weren't talking, I would sit and hear sermons. And, I, you know, how did, the, how did he know that? How did, somebody's telling him about my life. Somebody's telling him about what I did and all that. You know what? It's just an ex- That's the influence we should have. You should have a natural inclination to influence people's lives. And it will be for the positive if you're doing it in love. You should have an impact. Is there somebody in your life that's had an impact? A person that, that really did something, said something, was something that really impacted. What is it? When it, something impacts your life, it changes you. If, if, if it doesn't change you, it's not an impact. Can I give, just give you an example, a natural example? When an asteroid falls into our atmosphere and it makes it through and doesn't burn all the way up, it has an impact. The thing about it is you never find the asteroid. It totally dissolves when it hits the earth, but it leaves an impact. It's called a crater. That impact's there forever. When, some, when you impact somebody's life or somebody impacts your life, there's a lasting impression in your life. And that's what we as Christians should, we, we should be influential, impactful in the world. And a lot of the times we don't impact or influence like we should is a lot of times we feel irrelevant. You ever felt that way? Well, I'm just, I'm just one in the millions. I'm just one in the church. I'm just, you know, I, I come there and I, you know, I do my thing, but I, I'm really, you know... I don't have a lot of abilities. I don't have a lot of power. I don't have, but, but, but here, listen, we're all here to be salt seasoners. We're all here. We're going to talk about salt and light really quick. You see, salt seasoning brings out God flavors in the world. That, that's what Jesus, when Jesus said we're the salt of the earth, you know, salt seasoning brings out God flavors. And we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit. If, if I lose my saltiness, then how are people going to taste godliness? Does that make sense? Okay. So, so we're also to be light. light. Light that brings God colors into the world. What causes colors to happen? Light. Light refracts. Light creates. It, light brings colors. And the, if you're the light of the world, then you bring God colors into the world. So we understand God is not a secret that's supposed to be kept. Although some, and some dynamics in churches, God is a well-kept secret. But God's not meant to be a secret. You and I are light bearers, and, and we're not to be hidden under a bucket, a bushel. We're, but we're supposed to be on a candlestick, or everybody can see it. As, as a matter of fact, when you read it right there, it, what does it say? Everybody in the room gets the light. If you're a light bearer and you're the light of the world, everybody in the room gets the light. They get it. Exactly. Exactly. Because there are some who don't. 
There's some who don't want the light, but it still influences and impacts them. It still does. I think a lot of times we feel so irrelevant that we don't think we're impactful, that we don't think we're salt and light. When in fact, when you enter into people's lives, God has now brought salt, a seasoning of God, into that person's life. When you enter into a person's life, God has now brought light, God color, into their life. And it could be that you move on, and it's years later, decades later, that the impact, because I'm going to show you here, the impact of salt and light still has in their life. After sharing the Beatitudes with his disciples, Jesus gives these two metaphors that are just pretty awesome, salt and light. They're pretty, you know, why didn't Jesus say, you know what, go out and be my eagles, go out and be my lions, go out and be my strong. Why didn't, why did, you know, because those kind of are kind of proudful things when you think about it. He didn't say go out and do those. He said go out and be salt, go out and be light. Uh, that's because salt is a seasoner. Salt is a seasoner. And light is a revelator. Light is a revelator. You know, salt and light really reveal the substance of a Christian's influence. These two things. And we're going to just get into this really quick. Uh, Salt and light have unique qualities. They have very unique qualities. Both salt and light have immediate impact. If you have something that has no salt on it and you put a little and you taste it, it has an immediate impact. As well as light. If you walk into a room and there's no light in it and you just take a little tiny match and light it, it has an immediate, immediately there's light that's impactful. Both are, are noticed instantly. Both, both, that's the unique qualities they have. So Jesus said to his disciples, us, that we were the salt of the earth. So let's, let's talk about the salt just a little bit. In our English language, this term usually depicts Jesus said you're the salt of the earth. Have you ever heard somebody say that? He's the salt of the earth? Yeah, okay. That usually depicts somebody that's genuine or honest or trustworthy. They don't have hypocrisy. That's, he's the salt of the earth. There's somebody you would really like, you know, hey, they're doing their thing correctly. They're doing it right. Salt was one of the, the reason Jesus uses salt is for several reasons, but understand this about salt. Salt uh, was the most common substance used in ancient Roman times in Jesus' day. That was the most common substance that was available. Roman soldiers were actually paid in salt. And they would revolt if they didn't get their due in salt. If they didn't get their ration of salt, they revolted because salt was something that was used and bartered with and carried with. So uh, our English word salary you know, it's not salary. He's Texas. Salary. When you work, you get a salary. Comes from the Latin word salarium, which means salt money. Our very word salary means salt money. Salt has has a big impact throughout history. So, have you ever heard this expression? That man is not worth his salt. You've heard that one, okay? Man, I got some people. Never heard that one. Yeah, I've heard that one before. It's just a reminder that the, to the value of salt. The salt of the earth, or you don't, he's not worth his salt. Salt rendered a very important value. Uh, so what are some uses of salt? What, what, what does salt do? Well, s- salt preserves. You know, before there were refrigerators and before there were freezers, there was a smokehouse. We had a smokehouse when I was a kid. We didn't have a freezer. We had an icebox. Do you all know what an icebox is? Because it's not a refrigerator. Okay. Because we had an ice guy that come out with blocks of ice every week. 
But we had a smokehouse, and my dad would smoke meat in it. And, and, and you could go out there. That meat may have been hanging in there a couple of months. But you could go out there and, with a knife because we would do this, sneak out there and get a... And, and, and here's how my dad knew that we were sneaking out and getting pieces of meat and eating it because we would forget to put salt on the place that we cut. You see, what he would do, we'd put, it was smoking, he'd put salt on it, and salt would actually cure it and preserve it where that meat could hang there for months. But if you didn't put salt on the place where you cut, that place went bad. So salt preserves. You're the salt of the earth. You know, this preservation of meat, what happens to meat if it's not preserved? It spoils, right? Okay. You know, as, as, as we bring God into the society, as we're the salt, we're the light, as we're the salt of the earth and we bring that to people in our lives, in a, wherever we work, wherever we live, uh, we're actually bringing something into their life that would preserve them from being spoiled by sin and evil. I think a lot of times because we don't think we're relevant, we don't realize that when you bring God into people's lives in whatever fashion and manner, you're actually bringing a preservation into their life that keeps them from being spoiled by sin, by evil. So, so we're, we're preservers. That's, Jesus didn't say, he, he, let's look at it. Verse 13, look at it again. What's the very first word in verse 13? You, ye, y'all, us. Jesus didn't say I'm the Jesus didn't say I'm the salt. He said you are the salt of the earth. You know, we would think he would be the preserver, but salt is seasoning. Any here anti-salt? You don't eat salt? I know a lot of people that don't eat salt. They eat the different types of, they don't eat salt. But salt is a seasoning. Salt will bring a zest and a flavor in, to wherever it's used. It'll, it'll change the whole dynamic of a simple potato. You ever eaten a potato without salt and butter? Just cook a potato and eat it without anything on it? Put a, just, you don't have to put anything on it. Put a little salt on it. changes the whole dynamic because salt is a seasoning. And that's, the, what, that's another thing we should bring into people's lives. There should be a zest in your life and my life. There should be a zeal in our life because we live for God. There should be a joy and a happiness. How many Christians do you know that have the up down, upside down smile? Yeah, they have the upside. That's how they live. Now, I'm not asking you all to smile the rest of the day so you all don't know. Because people will do that. go, oh, i got to smile the rest of the service. No. It's, we're talking about life. They live life with an upside-down smile. That's because there's no zest and no zeal. There's no zest and no zeal. And that's what, if we're the salt, we're to bring that from God to them. Not our own, but from God to them. He uses us as salt to season them. God uses you as salt to season other people's lives, to bring zeal and joy. And, you know, anybody ever ask you, man, are you on drugs? What are you drinking? What's wrong with you? Because you had a zeal for God. People ask, you know what? You know, I, I remember when I, it, the, the, I received the Holy Ghost that Sunday, that Monday, I went back to work and it was just, God had totally changed me overnight. And the very first question that a guy asked me is, what is wrong with you? I'm just putting a little salt on you. I didn't realize it then, but that's what was happening. God was over using me to salt into someone's life. Salt is a seasoning. It brings a zest and a spice. Salt is an antiseptic. 
Salt was used in the early days of this country for quite a bit of medicinal reasons. In ancient times, salt was often used for infections. If there was a cut uh, uh, or, or an open wound, they would put salt on it. Have you ever put salt on an open wound? Yeah, you forget about the wound, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Man, this burns. <laughs> salt is an antiseptic. And as being salt of the earth, we need to bring a, part of being salt is we need to bring a healing aspect into people's lives. Anybody ever told you a story about how bad they've had it? And you can go one or two ways with this? Well, let me tell you how bad I got it. You think you got it bad? You ever had that person that just one-ups you no matter what you? Man, I had the flu last week. Yeah, I had the flu and I had rickets. <laughs> They're going to one-up you every time. And a lot of times as Christians, we got, that's the route we take. But there's, there's another route we can take. We can be the antiseptic. We can be the thing that brings healing into life. Listen, you know what? I'm sorry that you've had that. Let me tell you what God's done for me. I experienced something like that. Or I know somebody, or, but let me tell you what God's done. You know what? That gives hope. One of the worst things to do is when somebody's down, get down with them. Because now you've taken hope away. You know, you can take faith away and faith can be reestablished. You can take trust away and trust can be reestablished. But when you look in Scripture, when hope is lost, all is lost. All is lost. When hope is lost, all is lost. So we, we need to remember that, you know, there are times when I've wanted to tell people how bad I've had it. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. There are times when I really wanted to, oh, this is my chance to unload. But that's not where we go. We're an antiseptic. That's, that's what salt creates thirst. You ever think about this? Salt creates thirst. R ranchers, my, my grandfather and, and grandmother were cowboys. As a matter of fact, my dad's aunt raised he and his brother and two sisters because my grandparents were cowboys. They didn't have time to, they had time to have kids. They didn't have time to raise them. And so they were cowboys. That's all, you know, that's all I ever knew of them. They would carry these salt tablets when they were ranging cattle, and they didn't care for the cattle. They would come to water tanks, and the horses need to, needed to drink every so often to keep moving through. When a horse refused to drink, my, my grandpa would just give them a salt tablet. They'd chew that salt tablet up, and you know what they'd do? Yeah, they got thirsty, so they'd drink. And he kept, because they would drive, you know, they did a lot of the Texas they would drive cattle all over Texas. And so, this, so you've heard the old saying, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Give him a salt tablet. Give him a salt tablet. Salt will cause him to... Listen, we, we should make people, that's the salt of the earth, people should get thirsty, thirsty for Jesus Christ by being around us. By seeing the life that we live. Do, do we have difficulties in our life? Can, can I raise my hand the highest? Do we have problems? Can I raise my hand the highest? Do we have all those issues? Yeah. But you know what? As the salt of the earth, what we should do is just make other people thirsty. Just give them a little salt. Give them a little, give, give them a little of yourself. And that will make th people thirsty for Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I was watching a deal this afternoon for just a short period of time. And it, it transitioned from, do y'all remember the uh, Heaven's Gate? 
Marshall, Marshall, you know, the Heaven's Gate guy that was out in California that believed that behind the comet, uh, what was it? Can't think of the comet's name now. There was a space, there was a spaceship right behind the comet, and uh, so the followers in his church were gonna, as soon as this comet passed by, they all committed suicide so that their soul could go up. Okay, then it went into Jim Jones, and so then I, I watched a little. I just turned it off. I realize just how thirsty people are. It made me understand. You know what? People are so thirsty for something that they'll, they'll believe a guy that says, hey, we're going to believe in a spaceship. Everybody kill themselves. They would believe a guy, hey, let's all go down here to, let's go live in another place. And you know what? By the way, let's all drink the Kool-Aid. They believe it enough because they're thirsty. Yeah, Waco, Koresh. He was the next one on the list because I looked at it. What's that? Oh. <laughs> People are actually thirsty and hungry. And I think sometimes we think we're not relevant enough as Christians to, give, to just give them something that they could respond to. If people would respond to a nut like that that believes that a spaceship was going, a nut like Jim Jones that said, listen, drink the Kool-Aid, a nut like David Koresh, I am the Christ. What we have to offer is real. We're salt. Jesus said you're the light of the world. What does light do? Well, the first thing light does is it dispels darkness. When I came in here, it was dark in here. When I flipped that light on, no more darkness. It just dispels darkness. We, we should reflect that light of Jesus into people's lives. There's darkness. Man, there's a lot of darkness going on in America right now. There's a lot of darkness. Not just, we're seeing the surface. All of the businesses going on with everything that we're seeing, this is all surface stuff. Darkness hides. It hides from light. And so there's, there's a darkness going on in America that's, that's an undercurrent. It's hiding from light that's in the lives of people in this country that has got our, you know, our, our problem is not our government. Y'all know where I'm headed already, don't you? Our, our problem is not our government. Is our government a problem? Yes, but it's not our problem. And we can go down the list, down the list. The problem is darkness. And we're the light of the world. We should bring into everybody's life a light of Jesus Christ that just takes the darkness out of their life. How many people do you, can you reflect in the Bible where Jesus touched them and, and made their lives different? And that was the last time you heard of them. Just about every person. Just about every person. Jesus brought light into their life, but you never hear of them again. There were some that you do, but most of them you don't. What happens in Christians' lives is we bring light into people's lives, and we get discouraged because we don't hear from them again. Or they move on, or they don't want to. Don't be discouraged by the light you put into someone's life. Once you've put the light there, it's now their opportunity to leave darkness and be a light, not yours. Not yours. 
you, you, you just shine the light. You're not responsible for their response to the light. Just let your light take the darkness out of their life. That's huge. If we, if we just reflect into people's life, the thing that I recognized when I came into church is the light of Jesus Christ really revealed to me who I was, not who I thought I was. Because I thought I was a particular person. But when, when God came into my life, man, I found out I was somebody totally different. Because the light dispelled the darkness and helped me to see who I really was. Light awakens. Light awakens. It brings life to darkness, light to a dark world. His light in us and through us acts like a switch in a room. You, you, do you really believe that you can walk into a room of people that are just full of darkness and be the light switch? In turn, do you really believe that? Because Jesus said you could. He said you, well, okay, let me back up. Don't, don't believe Pastor Don, okay? Verse 14. What is the first word in verse 14? You, ye, us, ye. Jesus didn't, we know Jesus was, but he said ye. You see the transition he's put into our lives? You're the light of the world. You walk into a room, and as a Christian, you change the atmosphere, darkness to light, revelation. A light warns us, doesn't it? Light warns us. You come up to the, in, in Alvord, we have, uh, you know, we have two lights, but they're both the same. On the main drag, <laughs> the light flashes yellow. But on the cross streets, they flash red. Those are warnings. The yellow means proceed with caution. The red means stop, look both ways, then proceed. Lights warn. Whether it's a stop sign, a flash, an ambulance. You know, you ever been driving along and you look up and there's this flashing light and it freaks you out? And you're happy because it's an ambulance that goes on by, it's not a cop? <laughs> yeah, or a cop goes around you, he's trying to get around and go have donuts. Light warns us. Light, light is intended to warn. And as Christians, that's our lives, again, not running around telling everybody you're condemning them to hell, but your life is a light that warns people that there's evil, that there's bad, that there's things in your, in your life that can harm you. And part of what we should be doing is helping people to understand that there's an evil there's a sin. There's a situation in your life that can harm you. I think that this is the thing most people are afraid of, is that we recognize there's a carelessness in people's lives, but, but we're really hesitant to acknowledge it or reveal it. We're really hesitant to acknowledge it or reveal it. That doesn't mean you go around pointing out people's problems, but it's invariably you will find God will put people in your lives that he wants you to expose to them some things because it's the very thing that's going to create the openness to God. and the, It's the light that, that clicks on in their life. So don't be aware of people's problems. Be aware of people. Don't be aware of people's situations. Be aware of people. Don't worry. They're going to tell you their problems and their situations. Don't worry. And when they do, that gives you the open door. Click, the light comes on. So 
recognize that you have a distinctness, a difference. Recognize that. You're salt and light. You have a distinct difference in this world of other people. You, 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 you have a uniqueness about you. And, and that's the common denominator in salt and light, their uniqueness. They are very unique. And in that, they have that common denominator. And you should celebrate that. You, you, you should celebrate the fact that you're unique in this world. How often do we celebrate the fact that we're unique or different? We're not, from the old group, we were different because of the way we looked. But, you know, thank God for revelation and understanding. God brings us into the light that we're not different because of the way we look. We're different because of the way we love. Because I'm, I'm going to say this and be just as honest as I can. I didn't find a lot of love from where I came from. I'm sorry, I, I don't, I didn't find a lot of love. I, 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 I'm hesitant to say it, but it's the truth. What I found was a lot of judgmentalism, a, you know, a, a lot of hypocrisy. You know, where you have that kind of thing, where you live by the look, it brings a lot of hypocrisy. And so that, that shuts out the light. It takes away the uniqueness, something we should celebrate. Your distinctiveness makes you huge in the world. You're very distinct in the world. There's a word in the business world. It's called marketing. The word marketing is, is a, means distinctive in the business world. You're, you're, you have a unique distinctive. You know, there are a lot of people that market hamburgers, don't, aren't there? McDonald's, Burger Bob's, all that. But you know what? They all have something in common. A burger. But their burger, McDonald's burger, is unique to Burger King's burger. And they're all unique burgers. You know how to catch a unique burger? Unique up on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you catch a unique burger. Yeah. So understanding that marketing, marketing in the business world is simply positioning yourself for the best possible outcome. That, that's what marketing is. It's positioning yourself for the best possible outcome. So as a Christian, you know, you can change the market of many lives just by positioning yourself in their life for the best possible outcome. That, that's what we should be doing, positioning ourselves as Christians in people's lives for the best possible outcome, not for yourself, but for them. You know, if you're busy taking care of God's business, God will be busy taking care of your business. If you're busy taking care of God's business, he'll be busy taking care of your business. We're cities on hills. We can't be hidden. The sphere of our impact, the sphere of our impact as salt and light is huge. God wants us to be an influence. He wants you to be an influence. He's behind you to be an influence. Listen, you're not called to save the world. Jesus didn't call you to save the world. He just called you to make a difference. He called you to make a difference. If we all made a difference, guess what happens in the world? Understand this, you can't do everything, right? You can't do everything, right? But you can do something. That's what salt and light's about. It's just about 
knowing that you can't do everything, but you can do something, being salt and light. Anybody have any? Bishop, I've seen this. I think, you know, does the moon have light? Does the moon have life? Light. Well, light. It's light. reflecting light. It reflects light. It doesn't have light. Right. It reflects, it reflects it. Yeah. The church is characterized in the scripture as the moon. Hmm. We have no light in ourselves, but we're to reflect his light. Wow. Because that's all the moon does. Yes. It reflects the light of the sun. Reflects the light of the sun. One son was in junior high. I was concerned because of who he hung out with. He was, he was an athlete, and he had athlete friends, but he also had nerd friends. He also had druggy friends. He had a lot of friends, and I kept telling him, Josh, you are the salt. You've got to flavor these boys. They, they can't influence you. Now, I didn't believe it for a minute, but I kept telling him he was a leader, and I just kept telling, beating that in him. I really didn't believe it. But turns out that spoken word, he became the salt. And, he, and then the Lord told me that he was like David in the caves. And I said, what does that mean, Lord? And he said, remember when David was in the caves and everybody was coming to him and they were rabble rousers and, you know, dregs of humanity, but they hung around him. And he was, David influenced them. Well, that's what Josh did. He influenced these boys. And they're all still friends to this day, you know. But you speak that word. You're the salt. You flavor them. Of course, he didn't know what that meant at the time, but I think later on he did. I just wanted to share. Uh, my mom used to tell me the same thing. Oh, definitely. Uh, but it, it's, I think it's, all, it's also important to understand and realize what should, should motivate us as well. You know, just like with God and everything else, there's always two sides. So, you know, we're listening how we are when we operate as salt, how we can affect others. But then also think about the flavor that we keep from people when we don't, you know, when we don't reach out and connect with those. You know, when, when we, you know, we don't, we aren't willing to talk to, pe uh, to people about their certain situations or even listen. Uh, we can ha have an impact as well. And as we're trying to change people's lives, as we're trying to, to change pe people and give them an example of who God is through our lives, if they don't get that example from us, they're going to get an example of something else. And we all know what, what a potato and a steak tastes without salt. You know, just how much more, you know, will their souls and things be affected when they don't see who God is. So I think that's also very important because, you know, that salt, we give the flavor, and that's, that's key. So. I'm going to be cooking crab and shrimp on Friday. And you can believe I'm going to have salt seasoning. Well, if you can make it to Galveston. If you can make it to Galveston. Mid-afternoon. God bless you tonight. Thank you for coming. Have a great rest of the week. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.